Hey there, welcome to the Utica Youth Podcast. We're glad to have you joining us for today's word. We hope this serves as a blessing and encouragement to you. Today, it's just going to be kind of a word of uh, just to remind each and every one of us to, uh, to encourage us to continue serving God, to continue to, to make ourselves, there's a saying, if you make yourself available, God will make you able, Right? God can't make you able if you're not available. If God's trying, if God is looking for people, if God is saying the fields are white and the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. There's few people who actually answer the call. There's few people who actually go and say, here I am, Lord, send me. And you know, I, I love how God is already speaking today, as I've said, you know, uh, As we've already heard from Sam today, and he said this last time, and we heard a, uh, you know, scripture about it today, how to just be in awe of, of God. And I remember probably about two months ago, I was, I was in a, in a, in a service. Um, so our service back at home is at two o'clock. So I have up until 2 p.m., to go and like to another service, you know, uh, usually it's an American service that I go to. And the preacher, he said something that just, it just like fell into my heart and it sat there for a while. And it was exactly what, you know, Sam brought up today. And it's like, it's about, here's what he said. He said that you cannot fully express the love of God to others until you understand it yourself. What, I'm, what do I mean by that? It's it, when you truly realize. So when all of us here today, we all have a father, right? Maybe we don't know him as much. Maybe we know him a lot. Maybe we love him. Maybe we not as much. But growing up, you know, sometimes people would say, oh, man, your dad is strict. <laughs> oh, your dad is nice. Your dad lets you play the PlayStation and drink Coca-Cola. You know, my dad doesn't. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's same thing with our heavenly father. Do you know who he is? Did you know that he has a character? That he, that he has like his, his way, he, God has a way that he, his, he has a heart? Or do we just think of God as this abstract man in a cloud who just so like we can't reach him and talk to him and we have to like jump through hurdles and loops and you know do all these things to please him so then he can be good to us because we were good to him and like do we know who God is do we know God's character do we know God's heart can you say okay here is who God is God is merciful we heard today he loves to have mercy he is rich in mercy and it, it all ties into that. When you understand what God did for you on the cross, how sinful you were and how sinful you are, and every day that we sin, how much mercy abounds, you wouldn't be so stuck in the present day. Oh, well, I sinned today. I don't have the audacity. I don't have the, I don't have the, uh, the spirit to come up and, and you know, just to, to sing at youth. I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to let the devil get to me. Guys, God is in this place. God wants to hear your voice. God wants you to open your heart to him today. And let me tell you something. The Bible says that it, if it wasn't for God's mercy, you wouldn't even wake up this morning. So let me tell you, if you're in this place today, 
Consider yourself blessed. Consider yourself loved. Consider yourself forgiven by Jesus Christ because God is the only reason that you truly are in this place today. So my, just my thought, my uh, petition to everyone here today is open your heart. Maybe there is sin. Maybe you are in, 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 a, in a valley in your life. Maybe you, you, are, you do have some kind of addiction. Maybe you're here because, I don't know, your mom made you come for whatever reason it is. And, and you just feel like, I, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to, you know, focus on something else. Today is not my day. You know, God is mad at me. God is, you know, he's this father who's just, uh, you know, I deserve this punishment and death. Yes, you do, actually. You do. So do I. But God is a God of mercy. God is, and he, he is here today. And, you know, what I kind of want to talk about today, um, like I said, it's, it's just going to be a time where we kind of look over. Um, I like to take example from uh, things, in the, things in the Bible, other, other men and women in the Bible who were, who were young men and women who, who got used greatly and mightily. And take example from them and learn from their mistakes, learn from what the Bible tells us so that I would be equipped and ready for when God tries to use me, for when God has a calling for me so I do not miss that. Um, you know, one day <clears throat> I found myself thinking about the Jews. And I was like, well, Jews to this day, like, I knew it all along, but it just hit me. Like, Jews are actually still waiting for the Messiah to come. Here we are 2,000 years later, and we're like, we're, we're saying, okay, Jesus is the Messiah. He's already came. This is not news. Like, we all know that, right? <clears throat> the Jews don't. The Jews know that there was a man named Jesus, but they haven't accepted him as the Messiah. And you can look at the Jews and you can blame them and you can say, how foolish. Y'all are wasting your time. You're, you're so foolish. You're so closed. I don't know. What, what else can we call them, right? And then I started thinking, Lord, there's, these are your people. This, this is your nation. How did they miss the Messiah? The Messiah that they've been waiting for for thousands of years for, for you know, there was prophets who spoke about him. There was, there was so much, you know, uh, there was so much information to, to point to Jesus. And, and they were waiting. They were on the edge of their seats waiting for, for Christ to come. And then Jesus came and nobody recognized him. And I started thinking, well, Jesus, that was the first time you came. Guess what? You're coming back. How do I know? And I started thinking, okay, Igor, if you were in the place of a Jew at the time of the first coming of Jesus Christ, would you have accepted him as the Messiah, as the Savior for the world? Right? It's all hypothetical. Just, just looking into my character, you know, how I receive information, how just... Who I am as a person, how I study scripture, how, you know, how open I am to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I started thinking... There's a lot of, there was wise people, there was Pharisees, there was priests, high priests, there was people, scholars who didn't accept him. It, it wasn't, it didn't have to do with knowledge. What did it have to do with? What, what characteristics did you have to have? What kind of person, what kind of personality did you have to have in order to recognize the coming 
of the Messiah. What kind, you know, what kind of person would receive it? And the answer is, is, is you know, it was actually when, when Jesus Christ came, and, uh, you know, very few people were waiting for him. Actually, uh, actually, okay, everybody was waiting for him. Very few people recognized him. Very few people recognized him. And that's why the Jewish people, they will receive a Messiah. But it will be a false Messiah. It will be the Antichrist as we know it. And then Jesus will come. Right? So it's, it's, it's not a small deal. It's, it's not just like, oops, I missed Jesus. All right, what's next? No, it's like you've been waiting. for. You were created. You are his people. You missed the time of your visitation. How can I as a Christian today learn from your mistakes and be prepared when Jesus comes again? Guys, because there's this, we were once at an old person's house. We were just visiting him. And this, and as, as everyone's talking and singing, he comes up to me and he like, he's probably this tall. And he like comes up to me and he like tells me to like kneel, uh, like bend over. And he's like, hey, uh, and he's like, ты веришь, что Иисус еще, Христос еще, он скоро грядет? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back soon? And I was like, I looked at him, you know, kind of um, in an interesting, uh, just like, what is that supposed to mean? And I was like, yeah, die, veru. of course I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. And then he was like, and he, he just got so happy. And I was like, what, what's the, what, I'm trying to understand why this man asked me the question. And then later he came and he was talking about it. And, and it was so, it touched me so deep. Guys, a lot of people, they, they harden their hearts to what is coming. They harden their hearts to what they read in the scriptures about, you know, the perilous times, the difficult times that are coming. And, you know, the thing about it is a lot of, I was really surprised because if, if anybody is, is going to give up on waiting for Christ to come back, it's most likely, I would say, going to be the old people, right? Because they've been waiting their whole childhood. They waited their whole youth, their middle-aged years, and now they're young. And, and if Christ still isn't here, they should be the first ones to say, well, I've waited for 70 years, and, and I still haven't seen Christ's return. I've been waiting. They would be the first to lose hope. Right? Us young people, you know, we read the Bible, we go to conferences, we, we're all fired up. We're like, yes, Jesus, let's do things for God. God, come, come, God. And, you know, we're all excited. And this man, he really made me think. And it ties into what I'm talking about today is, am I actually waiting for the return of Jesus Christ? And what am I doing to prepare for that? Am I just being idle? Am I, am, am I in the spirit? And I, I want to read a very, one of my favorite, favorite passages in the Bible. And it's not so much as my favorite passage, but it's an example uh, to me uh, how, you know, how uh, of, of an example of a man that, that I look up to from the Bible. Now, this is going to be written in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And there was then in Jerusalem a man whose name was Simeon. And he was an upright man fearing God and waiting for the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. 
And he had knowledge through the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And full of the Spirit, he came into the temple. And when the father and mother came in with the child Jesus to do with him as was ordered by the law, then he took him in his arms and gave praise to God and said, Now you are letting your servant go in peace, O Lord, as you have said. You know, I, I, reading this, I, I begin to understand a little bit about who, who, who recognized the return of Jesus Christ. There was very few people. There was the wise men, right? They saw the star. They recognized it was different. They followed it. They, they recognized something different. There was the shepherds. They, you know, they, the angels came and they, they went. They, weren't, they didn't harden their hearts. They didn't say, oh, well, this, you know, something crazy is going on. We're not... It was the wise men, the shepherds, obviously Jesus's parents. Um, and one of the people was an old man. His name was Simeon. And the interesting part is, is that it says that, first of all, how was Simeon, he was so old, he was actually already like supposed to be dying, right? Because the only thing keeping him alive was the promise that God told him that, hey, you will not die until you see, until you see Jesus. And I was studying this and I was like, okay, he was waiting for Christ's return. He wasn't, he was an old person. What, what did he have? And, and this, this talks about, it says, and the spirit was on him and, and through the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Okay. So he had this revelation, this vision in his that was given to him that he was supposed to wait. And then one day in verse 27, it says that, and full of the spirit, he came into the temple. Guys, I want to say today that waiting for Christ to return is, is going to be a difficult task. Now, I know, you know, people are saying like, oh, well, nobody knows the day or the time. Right, we don't. But our duty as Christians is to be on guard, is to be, to, to watch. Our, our duty as Christians is to prepare our hearts for the return of Jesus Christ. And it says here about Simeon, this is the gold nugget that every single person in this place needs to realize is that if you are not full of the Holy Spirit, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, if you don't recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, if you are not guided and led in you, by the Holy Spirit, you will not be ready when the time comes. And the Bible talks a lot about it. The Bible says that he will come as a thief in the night. But the Bible also says in, in, uh, in the Old Testament when, when, uh, when God was coming to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, it says, how can I do anything and not tell my servant Abraham? And then it says, God doesn't do anything without first telling his servants, guys, I believe that God is stirring something amongst the youth, amongst his church. God is preparing us for something. God is moving in, in the hearts and in the minds and in the lives of those people who are vigilant, those people who are waiting. And, and the Bible says, it says in, I know this verse in Russian, it says, He is coming for those that are waiting for him, who are waiting for the deliverance of God into salvation. Back to the story of when Jesus came, 
People were waiting. People, people did not recognize him because people thought it was going to be a different king. You know, the Jews thought that Christ was going to come. He's going to come. He's going to become this king. He's going to free them from the rule of the Romans. That he's going to be this great king. He's going to lead them to victory. They're going to build kingdom. And, and he was going to reign over them. And it was all, you know, knight in shining armor vibes. And, and he came and, and it, it was completely different. It was completely different. And my, and my question to every single person to you here today is, what do you expect out of the return of Christ? How are you preparing? What is your mentality or about the return of Christ? And you know, the Bible, it talks a lot about it. And how are you getting ready? Because when Christ returns a second time, it's going to be completely different. And the Bible says that he will come as a thief in the night. And I believe that a lot of people will not be ready for his second return as well. What can you do as a young person? What can you do? And, you know, another thing that I was planning to talk about is, you know, us as young people, we have a great commission. We have a great task, almost unlike anybody else. And I saw on, a back of, on the back of a couple of hoodies people wearing here, it was talking about the verse in Esther where it says that you were born for a time like as such as for this and it was talking about uh, about Esther where she reached um you know the status of being a queen and she had a certain task to fulfill in in that position of being a queen and my question to everybody here is what is your task as a young person what is your duty as a young person as a as a believer in in the last days as a person that is waiting for the return of Christ what can you do to prepare yourself what can you do to prepare yourself and not only yourself but to to have others uh that are with you come along for the journey and you know the answer is it's all about being led by the holy spirit because guys the devil here's the thing about it a lot of people will be deceived a lot of people who don't have the Holy Spirit, there's going to be in the last days a lot of deceiving going on. The Bible says that he is the ancient serpent. He's, he's the snake. He, he is the, he's the same devil that deceived Eve in the, in the Garden of Eden. You think that he has not, you know, he's changed or, you know, you think he, he can't keep up with technology and he can't fool you today? He can. And, you know, the Bible talks about it and it says that we are not ignorant of his devices. And I really like that because the devil, he has schemes. He has devices that he uses to confuse you. He has devices that he uses to manipulate and control. He has devices to make things look like such as an angel of light, but it's an angel of darkness. You have to have discernment. You can't, you, can't, you can't recognize, you can't decipher with physical eyes what is what. And people in the last days, they're going to be confused. They're going to be running around. They're going to be looking for, they're going to be looking and, and, and yearning for, for the word. They're going to be so confused. There's going to be false prophets and messiahs. And there's going to be people claiming to be God. And there's actually going to be people following them. There's going to be a great deception. How do you know which is, what is real? How do you know? How do you know? And the Bible clearly tells us that's why God sent the Holy Spirit. That's why God, he sent the Holy Spirit to us and he will teach us of all things. He will, 
He will correct us. He will show and tell us the future. He will uh, instruct us what to do with our lives. So guys, my, my kind of desire for everyone here today is seek God's direction. Seek the, the direction of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you truly want to be led, you have to, you have to put an effort. You have to thirst for it. You know, I have like a short little testimony that I want to share. There was this one time and actually it's, it's pretty interesting because when we were uh, in Ohio with the youth, there was uh, during testimony time, there was a lot of people with testimonies about how they asked God, right, to, to speak to them. And, you know, God began speaking to them. And then, you know, even Sam had his testimony about how he talked to people on the plane and how things don't happen on accident, right? God puts you in places at certain times where he wants you to fulfill his work. And I remember I was praying and I was saying, God, you know, I, I want to learn how to hear your voice, right? <clears throat> now, it wasn't, uh, it, it was for my own reasons, right? I had questions that I wanted answers to. And I was like, God, if, if I could just hear your voice and you would say, Igor, like, this is, this is the answer. Like, it's, you know, and uh, like, okay, here's who, like, for example, we're all youth, right? Here's who you're going to marry. Boom. It's like a little cheat sheet, right? Here, here's, you know, you are going to get the job, right? Oh, I hear the voice of God. You know, I thought like hearing the voice of God was going to be like, you know, you're just, you have like this, uh, you know, voice in your head that just tells you everything ahead of time and you're never confused. And I was saying, God, I, I want to, I want to hear your voice. And, you know, there was this time that came into my life where I was asking God, help me, help me understand when you speak to me. And I remember th this one day I was at a job site, uh, construction. I was, we were doing some electrical in the house and my little brother was there. He's, uh, He's like 10 years younger than me. So I was like just kind of showing him how to do things. And, and we finished up and there was this one guy in the house and he was wearing like this tank top. He had his uh, uh, earbuds in. He, he, I mean, he was just minding his own business, right? But he was like, you know, uh, just really vibing to some hard rock and doing his thing. And, uh, you know, it was just, he didn't want anything to do with us. Not that, you know, we wanted anything to do with him. But as I was, uh, you know, I was, as I was exiting the house, I've, I've, I've never experienced this before. I had this, I had like this instruction, like clear as day to me that, hey, Igor, you need to go and you need to pray with this person. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world? <laughs> like, that's, that's nuts. I'm not going to do that. And I just like, you know, and it's, it's sitting there. It's sitting there in my head. I'm like packing up my tools, ignoring it, like telling my brother, hurry up, let's get out of here. Like, you know, uh, you know, trying to make fast work and just, we packed up, we sat in the van and it's like, it's getting louder and it's getting stronger. It's like, you need to go pray for this guy. And I was like, God, why are you, what are you doing? Like, can we not today? Um, you know, and, and, but it was so heavy. Like I've never experienced, I can't explain it. It's like this presence and it was clearly telling me, Hey, you need to go pray with this guy. And I was like, God, he's not even a Christian. What if he's going to beat me up? Like, he's not going to receive it. And, and, you know, I packed everything in and I started driving down the road. And then I remembered like halfway down the street before I took a turn, I was like, I was like, Igor, you've been praying. 
you've been praying for God to direct you, to guide you, to speak to you. And look at you, you, you coward. You can't even take step one. You can't even witness or pray for this guy, whoever he is. Like I've seen him at job sites before, right? We work for a contractor. So he works there while I do, but we didn't work together. It was just doing our own separate things. And I was like, you can't even like, you can't even do the simple thing, like the basic thing. And I was like, man, <laughs> the battle was raging in me so hard, I cannot explain it. I was, I was sitting there, I turned my face to the window, and I was like, cry I had tears rolling down my eyes. I didn't want my brother to see me because he didn't, this is all going on in my head, right? He can think I'm crazy. And I'm just like battling it, and I'm just, I get to the end of the street, I pull into a parking lot, and I turn around. And I'm like driving back, and he's like, yo, where are we going? I thought we were going to the next job site. And I was like, I just, I wasn't looking at him. I pulled in, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to make this quick. I'm just going to go pray for him, nothing else. I'm going to leave. So I go over there, like, you know, he saw us leave. He comes, you know, he sees us come back. I tap him on the shoulder, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to pray for you. And he's like, he like takes his uh, ear, ear pods out, and uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, he just kind of like brushes himself off and he's like, yeah, let's pray. And I prayed for him and I was just praying things that God was telling me to, to pray about in my mind. And as soon as the, I ended prayer, he, I, was, I turned around to leave. Like, I didn't want to say anything else. I didn't know like why I was even there praying for him. And he was like, he's like, hey man, I appreciate that. Let me give you a hug. And he gave me a hug. I was like, okay, he, he, maybe he needed that, right? And then just time passed. I left. I didn't like want to stick around. And like a few weeks goes by, and, you know, I was at a job site, and he comes up to me, and he's like, he's like, hey, man, you remember you prayed for me? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, my parents, both of them recently died. So his mom died, like, earlier, and he, all he had was his dad, and his dad died. And he's like, and there was nobody to pray for me and with me. And he kind of strayed from God himself, even, you know, he, he believed, but he was, he was going through a valley. And he said, my brother has been going through something crazy right now. Like he said, I got a phone call that morning that you prayed for me. And he was, you know, he was somebody that I looked up to and he was splitting with his wife and he left her. He moved to another state. And I, and I was like, oh my goodness. And he's like, and I had nobody to pray for me and pray with me. And he's like, that prayer, he just carried me through, through the, um, through the day. And, and it just helped me so much. And I was like, well, praise God. And then something even more unbelievable happened. We were like probably a few months later, we were going to Mexico uh, with, with the local church and we were driving and like literally it's, so we had two 15 passenger vans and we always stop before the border to get uh, gas. And we stop before the border, like we're getting gas <laughs> and I look. And so, so this guy that I prayed with his brother, he left his wife and he just left. He, he had a truck and like a, like a, a fifth wheel sleeper and he just took off and nobody knew where he went. Nobody had any trace of him. He didn't answer calls, nothing. And we're sitting there pumping gas and I look over <laughs> and he's standing there at the gas station in the middle of Texas, right before Mexico. And I'm like, hold on, what? And, and like, and there was people with me who, he's like a, probably in his 30s, there was people with me who knew him better. And like, we came up to him and we were like, yo, uh, 
what are you doing here? And he's just like, looked at us. He was astonished because it was all people he knew. It was people that he grew up with, people that he basically ran away from. And he just broke down and he's like, man, I've been running. I've been running from God. And, he, and we're like, hey, well, you know, God's found you here. And we just started praying for him and we started, and you know, he was crying and, and he was repenting. And I was just thinking like, wow, God, the work that you do is just so amazing. It's almost like God wanted to show me like, Okay, you start from here. If you're not obedient in the, little, in the little nudge that I give you to go pray, you would have never known that he was praying for his brother. You would have never known that he, that the, the basically, you know, the importance of you seeing him at that gas station and like everything coming together, the prayer, everything coming together that, you know, we pray together and that God is doing his work. And after that, I was like, okay, God, you know, sometimes when you speak, we not only have to be, craving oh god say something i want i want answers but we have to be ready to receive it's a big responsibility when you when god gives you a task when god gives you a commission it's very important that you fulfill it so don't it, don't go around and saying oh god use me if you're not ready to be used don't go around saying god give me strength if you love the sin that you're still doing you have to be ready to make a commitment and that leads me into one of the next things that I want to read and we're going to go into prayer because there's something that I want to pray about today but I want to read from a, a chapter in Mark. This is going to be Mark chapter 10 starting from verse 17. And while he was going out into the way, a man came running to him and went down on his knees saying, Good master, what have I to do so that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why do you say that I am good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You have knowledge of what is said to do in the law. Do not put anyone to death. Do not untrue a married life. Do not take what is not yours. Do not give false witness. Do not... Get money by deceit, give honor to your father and mother. And he said to him, Master, all these laws I have kept from the time when I was young. And Jesus looked at him loving and loving him said, There is one thing needed. Go get money for your goods and give it to the poor and you will have wealth in heaven and come with me. But his face became sad at the saying and he went away sorrowing for he was one who had much property. <clears throat> I believe this man in another passage says that he was a young ruler. He was a young person. And the interesting thing is, is when I read the story, I start to... Uh, for some reason, when I read something or when I come into contact with some information, I like to put myself in the person's shoes. Like, what would I do? Obviously, it's in the Bible. It's for me. If it was just for the moment, if it was, you know, just <clears throat> a random example, it wouldn't have made it in here. The Bible is for us. It is living. It is God's living word. What can I extract from this text? And you know, the interesting thing is I related to this person, right? It was, it was a young person who, who literally, he wasn't being deceitful. He wasn't a Pharisee. He wasn't coming there to test and trick God. He wasn't there to, you know, make God answer questions. He literally ran up and he said, hey God, I, I want to be in the kingdom. What do I do? Please tell me. You know, he was living a righteous life. He was doing things that he should have been doing and he just wanted to know the next step. And I was like, that's me. You know, I grew up in a Christian family. 
I, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that, I, I follow the Ten Commandments, like, I do what my mom and dad tell me, like, what next? And you know, there's, it's so interesting, like, it's almost like, Jesus, how did you know that, you know, obviously, if, if you're rich, I guess back in the day, just like today, you know, people can tell, maybe he dressed well, but Jesus, he hit him where it hurts. He didn't say, oh, well, you got to uh, do 100 push-ups and you're in, man, like, you know, that would have been easy, right? He would have probably did 100 push-ups. If he even said, hey, give me $10,000, you would have been like, here it is, God. Boom, 10000 right? God, Jesus, he said, <laughs> this is, I love this part. It says, and he said unto him, um, in Russian it says, Jesus looked at this young person and he saw just a genuine heart. He saw somebody who was just seeking him, who wanted just like each and every one of us who've been fought, who grew up in a Christian family and were like, God, what next? And God is like, hey, there's just one little thing that you gotta do. Give up everything. <laughs> and then he was like, oh. It was it just, it amazed me. It was like, um, and Jesus looking on him and loving him said, there is one thing needed. Go, get money from your goods and give it to the poor and you will have wealth in the kingdom. Come and follow me. That, that was a big decision. Guys, I believe God is telling some people here today, hey, you're, you're ready. Like you, you have, you've got it figured out. Like you know that I'm a loving father. You know that I died for your sins, that I forgave you. You know you have the desire, the passion, but... You're still hanging on to these dreams that, that are yours. They're, they might not be bad dreams. They might not be bad ambitions. They, not, they might even not be bad material things that you want to accomplish in your life. God, I want this so bad. And God's like, hey, I want that for you too, but you are trying to live life according to your own, according to your own plans, according to the ways that you want it to be. And God is saying, you can't do that. Hey, surrender that to me. And you know, that, it doesn't have to be material things. It could be some kind of dream that you're just, that you idolize. God, I want to become, and like I said, it doesn't have to be bad. God, I want to become a doctor. And, and you're just so, you're so just consumed by this thought, by this passion, this desire that you want, that you, you have put it in front of God and everything else in your life. And you're just, and God is saying, hey, that's not going to send you to hell but you are living for yourself. You are consumed by something that is greater than me in your life. You have to give it up. Guys, remember, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Jesus, he's looking at you today. God loves you. But guess what? God's not just going to pick you up and put you in the kingdom and say, here, free pass to heaven. Guys, you have to put an effort. You have to sacrifice. There's a saying that God is only worth to you where you are willing to give up for him. Let's look over our lives. Let's say, God, what is this stumbling block? What is this hindering stone before me that is not letting me get past the second step? And a lot of times I remember when I was young, I thought, man, in order to serve God with all of my heart, I'm gonna have to miss out on some stuff. And I knew that. I, you know, and it's not like I even wanted to do it, but it was like, it's just so like, just knowing that you can't do it, right? 
you know, your friends or people in school, they're having a great time. They're drinking, they're at parties, they're trying this and that, they're high as a, you know, over here. And, and like, and, and, and you know that, oh, if I'm a Christian, I can't, you know, I, I have to stop saying all of these, uh, you know, maybe perverted jokes. I can't cuss. I can't do this. I have to be, a, you know, a faithful follower of Christ. I have to be the salt in a, and I have to be an example to those that are around me. Maybe that will bring persecution. Maybe that will bring exclusions that I have to get in my life. And God, I'm just not ready for that. And I remember that was one of the things that held me back is, man, what are my friends going to think that, you know, I can't, I, I, instead of going to this event, I have to stay back. I, have to, I didn't read my Bible. I'm fasting today. Sorry, I can't come to the pizza party. You know, all of these things is like, it, it was just weighing on me. And I was like, I'm going to have to give things up. And my thought was, well, I can do it later. I'm just 16. I'm 17, God. I still have till I'm 25 to do things for you, God, to be young, I don't know, right? And it was holding me back, and it was, it was my, in, in, in the rich person's case, it was his money. In my case, it was, it was the sacrifice of the things that the world has, right? The freedom that the world has, and it held me back, and it, it just, it crushed me because I wanted to be with God. I wanted to commit so hard, I wanted God to use me. I, I wanted to have my leg both in the world and in, you know, and in the kingdom. And God, he, he began working with me. He began, began breaking me. He, you know, I went through so many things and God, and I realized that, hey, uh, this is not going to work. This, this lack of dedication, this lack of, I can't give something up and it has to be small. You know, there's a story in the Bible, Paul, he was on a ship. And they started, it was tossing through the storm and the, and the waves. Guess what the first thing they do on a ship is? That you think they toss things overboard right away? No. It says that they started, they girded the ship. They tied it together. Old ancient ways of keeping ships together, I guess. Right? They put down, they took down the sails, the mast. They packed everything together. They were, you know, beating in the waves. It says in the second day, they started throwing some of the things away. And it says, and on the third day, when they saw that their life was in danger, they started throwing out the cargo of the ship they started throwing out the valuables of the ship they started throwing everything out because they realized hey well this gold's going to get to the land but I'm going to be dead and I'm it's not going to be useful for me anyways I need to start throwing this stuff out yeah it's hard but hey my ship is going to sink if I continue going in the storm with these with these precious things in my life I have to choose either I carry on and I continue to hold this cargo that's so dear to me or I throw it out of my ship and I have a chance of survival because the ship is light and that usually happens on the days right before you know when they're like okay yeah we have no hope we need to get rid of this cargo guys there's something maybe in your life that you were saying it could be so deep it could be something that's been there since you were young and you know there's an author he has a, uh, there's a song and he says and it's an old it's an older like uh, song i remember <clears throat> and it says and every day maybe chris tomlin i'm getting older i'm running out of dreams and I remember I was younger and I was like, God, you know, when I'm going to be 18, I'm finally going to surrender. I'm just going to be this prophet. You know, I'm going to do all these great things for the kingdom. And then 17, 18 comes around and I'm still doing, and I'm still consumed by like things that are, are holding me back when I was 16. And it becomes harder and I see that, okay, the ship is already sinking. Hey, maybe it's time to throw this overboard. But you're already so used to it. You love it. 
You, you became, a, you know, just so consumed by, you, you know, the, the gold to you is worth more than your life at this point, right? You just can't even throw it overboard. And God is saying, hey, if you don't let go of this, you're going to perish along with it. Guys, we're going to come to prayer today. I want us to pray. I want us to pray with a prayer of surrendering to God. The thing is, is I know that we're all more or less from a Christian family. Maybe a couple of people aren't. We know the way. Just like this young ruler did, we know what to do. We know how to do it, but we just can't do it. The Bible says, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffer the violence and the violent take it by force. Guys, God, God has something prepared for us so great and mighty. He has streets of gold. There will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, nothing. You think you just stroll in there uninvited, doing nothing? You know, I don't know. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take a fight. It's going to take, it's going to take, uh, you know, your, your, the most effort. Because it's, the, the, the gate is narrow. The path is narrow. You're going to come. You're going to be beat up. Yes, you're going to suffer losses. And this ties right back into the beginning with what I was saying. If we truly realize what Christ has done for us, how much he's forgiven you, how much he forgave you today, maybe that you didn't even realize. And God, the Bible says that he is faithful even when we are not faithful. Guys, God, one of my actually actual favorite verses of the Bible, it says, it talks about the characteristics of God and it says that he, in Russian it says, on lubit milovat. In English it says, he loves to have mercy. And I once read that and I was like, what like think about something you love to do like you love to you know pet your dog right well God loves to have mercy what, what, what does that tell you about God's character you think you sin and God's like lightning bolt you're dead no God is like hey I still have mercy for you why are you letting the devil you know cast this doubt on you right now get back up son I need you in the kingdom I need you back in the fight I need you to repent of your sins and come back into the and, and start doing something stop waiting stop you know expecting you're running out of time you're running out of dreams you're getting old you're gonna get married soon you're gonna you're gonna life is gonna take over and you're gonna look back I talked to many people even on the job site somebody's like I, I was once climbing a ladder and I was at the top and this guy's like man what it be like to be young again and I, I sat there on the ladder and it just I got the shivers over my body I was like man this this man is literally looking up to me climbing a ladder like it, it was nothing for me I climbed right up an old man sitting there, he's like, what, a, man, to be young again, to climb a ladder again, right? Guys, you're going to get old. I promise you, I, I don't know how I'm 26 or 27. I can't even remember. It flew by. I promise, if you're 16 sitting in a chair right now, you're going to be old in, in a second. Time is going to fly, and I'm not scaring you. I'm just saying, use your time wisely. Guys, God needs young people. God needs you. God has a, a, a job. He has a commission. He has something beautiful to give you. He wants you to fulfill it. We were talking to the, we were talking to the teens, and I, was, I asked them a question. I said, y'all ever seen one of those billboards with the Marines on there? And it's like, you know, he's all dressed nicely and, you know, got the chiseled jawbone and he's just nicely shaved. And, you know, it's young people, always young people. I've never seen an old person on there with a shaggy beard, maybe white hair. Why? Nobody, God wants young people. We have to realize that. I'm not bashing old people. I'm not bashing middle-aged people. I'm just saying 
the devil wants you just as much as God does because we don't we don't fight against flesh and and you know Joe Biden he did he's not the one who made you you know uh, sin we fight against principalities we fight against demons things spirits under the heavens and God says I want to use young people I want you to be a witness for me I just like you know every popular person on TikTok is young every popular person making reels on Instagram is young young people captivate young people have energy young people have strength young people young young people everything young people are going to do great things don't let the devil steal that from you don't let the devil fool you don't let the devil take take your time away and say hey yolo i used to hate that saying like oh you only live once man and then i started loving it because i because you only live once but you can live once for christ and you don't lose out you don't miss out you don't lose you're not left out like you have to commit Guys, if, if you're living by that, you know, that thing of, oh, you only live, I'm not going to get everything out of this world I can. And try everything, be everything, do everything. It's, I've seen, I've passed the age where I've seen my friends take their paths and people go from their youths and take different places. Guys, the best place to be, and I remember Brother Druk said that in one, of the, um, in one of the youths, is you will never regret serving God, ever. You will never regret dedicating your life to God. You will never regret it. And when we come to prayer, I want all of us to pray. I want us to cry out to God and say, God, what is it that I have in front of me that is hindering me from the kingdom of God? What is it that is in front of me that is hindering me from the next step? It could be the biggest step. I like how it says it. It says, you lack one thing. It's not like you lack a hundred things. It's like you, you don't have a checklist. It's one thing because it always comes down to one thing. It always comes down to one thing. You want something the most and God says, okay, now that you know what it is, choose me or this thing and come before God. And we, guys, I want to have a prayer of dedication. Maybe you're here today and you're like, okay, God, I know what it is. I've been struggling with it for years. I know what it is. It's been keeping me back. It's what, it's what has been in the way. And you know, one of the things that I like about the pastor in the English church that I go to, he says, we hear sermons, right? But if we leave the same way that, you know, we came in, it, it did us know. We have to, uh, what, what did he say? Uh, we have to react. We have to um, acknowledge what God has spoken to us today. If you, through the word of God today, Realize that, hey, God, I'm, I'm ready to give it all up to you. I'm tired of, of living tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to get better. Guys, you're not getting any younger. Again, I don't mean to sound mean. I'm probably one of the oldest people here, but God wants to use you. He, he needs you. Don't be vain. God is coming soon, and he's going he's gonna to put you on a scale he wants so much out of you. He wants your youth. He wants your strength. If you guys need prayer, when we begin to pray, if you guys want to just dedicate and say, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And not just those words. But when you say that, when you, if you come up here, I want you to be ready to go home and say, okay. It's actually been social media in my life. I, I have to... Uh, I'm not going to... Mm, that's... That's one we don't like to talk about, right? I use social media, but sometimes social media, it can kill you. There's things that we love so much. Guys, he, he wouldn't have walked away from God if it was easy, right? 
It's this one thing. It's like, yeah, social media. Every time I go on social media, it's a gateway to other things. You know, I start texting these people. I start looking at these things. I know that it's, I need to get rid of it. But I love it so much. How am I going to DM this girl, right? And God's like, no, hey, choose. And you know, you're like, okay, I know. Guys, if you're going to respond, be ready to make changes. Be ready to, to make steps. You don't have much longer. God, God is coming and he wants, he wants your heart. So if we pray, if you guys want to come up, we'll pray for each other. We're going to ask God to bless us, to open our eyes, to see what is in front of us that could be causing us to stumble and come back to God. That being said, let's, let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. For more encouraging and faith-building content and information, check out our other social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook. God bless.